The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to Early Edge Live and the most important week of the entire NFL season or show of the entire NFL week. See, I can't even get started, right? But you know why we're here. This is the Early Edge, your daily sports betting brand of record. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports side, the best value in all of sports betting, and it is not close. Part of the reason I'm kind of all over the place, we just got done like so many others, basking, as Jeffrey says in the chat, in the glow of the United States, getting it done when they needed to get it done in the World Cup. We've loved every second of it, and we're here for that football and also NFL football. So let's bring in the stars of the show. Of course, this show every single week brought to you by our good friends at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. And look who I have, two guys that are very much into the World Cup. Let's start with the man who runs the NFL at Sportsline. He is the stoic one, R.J. White. How'd you like that game today, R.J.? It was great. It's incredible. We scored two goals in three games and we're going on to the knockouts. And that's what happens when you when you have the consecutive clean sheets, which which we just did. Obviously, that England one was huge. First time they've done that since 1930. First year of the World Cup. Two clean sheets in a row in a uh, World Cup. Well, Mikey, I know you're also happy for a couple of different reasons, because you put out there exactly what you did for that game. So good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. Yes, it was a glorious result. Uh, I was hoping we would get a 2-0 victory to not have to sweat the ridiculous nine minutes of stoppage time at the end of this game, but uh, we came through and happy to be here. How about Landon Donovan saying nine minutes of stoppage time? Buckle up, America. (laughs) That was a great line. That was a great, great line. All right, for those of you who are brand new to us, that you're just finding us, first of all, welcome. We want everybody here. You're all a part of what we're doing at the Early Edge. But this particular hour, what do we do? Well, my two guys, two of the greatest NFL minds in America today, we break down every single game on the board. We give you out a few best bets because we're trying to beat the number. And in the NFL, my guys say it all the time, the numbers are usually efficient by the time we get to Sunday. So let's beat that number. And let's start on Thursday night. And I got to tell you, the Bills are making a habit of playing on Thursdays. And RJ, I'm going to start with you because this is your team. And they're tied at the top with Miami, who has a very difficult game this week. They're laying five on the road against the Patriots. And for New England at six and five, this is their make or break week. How do you see this one on Thursday night? Yeah, this one's coming down. It was six and a half on the look ahead. It's now down to four and a half. It was a, a recent move here on Tuesday. So it looks like this thing is trending downward. And you can see why New England offense carved up Minnesota and Buffalo's defense doesn't look as strong now as it did early in the year, especially with that Von Miller injury, such a key injury to, to um, this pass rush that they've had this year. And New England's offense at home, you figure they'll be solid without having to deal with Von Miller. Buffalo's offense has been leaning more on the run lately, and New England's defense has played that well recently. My power ratings do say that six and a half was, was the the closer to the correct number and the, that there is value on Buffalo here. I'm not sure that I trust them on the road against New England in this spot. Um, the one thing I would look at, depending on weather, we'll see how that goes over the next couple of days, is the over. Last three Buffalo games had 53-plus points. New England's coming off a 59-point game, it seems like. There's going to be points here because these defenses aren't operating optimally right now. So I would look to the over, and there might be value at this point with the Bills. If it gets to four, I might play Buffalo. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting move for uh, the books to do because Mikey, the Bills at the start of the season, they were it for the first time all season. The Kansas City Chiefs are now the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Should the Bills have fallen out of that top spot? 
Um, I think it's really, really close. Uh, I still make the Bills the top team just slightly over Kansas City, but there's a couple other teams that have really inched up right behind them, one of them being the 49ers. Uh, as far as this game goes, though, I make the number four and a half, which is where it's at right now. Uh, I don't think there's a ton of value. I get it if you want to lean towards the Buffalo side. I do think it's a game that they should ultimately win. Uh, it's a very fascinating game. The New England defense has been pretty strong. They're definitely going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. Josh Allen's one of those guys that has the unique ability to run and run with a lot of power. He's very aggressive trying to pick up first downs. Helps that team out tremendously here. So like RJ, um, I'm not going to touch anything on the side at this point. I think it's an interesting in-game opportunity, especially if you get it below three and a half, three or even two and a half. Um, my biggest lean on the game, like RJ, would be the over uh, in this particular spot. I do think that New England is capable of moving the ball enough to add to this total here. Uh, I think the number should be closer to 45 and a half. I believe it is. Where is it at right now? Let me check this again before we get. Yeah, it's 43 and a half. Um, yeah, I think the number should be 45 and a half on this one. So there's a little wiggle room uh, on the total through a key number of 44. And I think one really important nugget we need to point out to everybody is that both of these teams, I think a lot of the reasons you get the unders on Thursdays is because the teams are tired. They're trying to get in, get out. Both teams full rest. Both teams full rest this Thursday because they played on Thanksgiving last week. All right, let's move to Sunday now. Eight games at 1 o'clock, four games at 4 o'clock. And don't look now, gentlemen. But the second-place team in the NFC North is not the Green Bay Packers behind the Minnesota Vikings. It is indeed the Detroit Lions, who are not out of the playoff race yet, but they're going to need to string a bunch of wins together at four and seven. So this is basically a pick him. The Jags, a dynamic win last week over the Ravens at home when Doug Peterson went for two at home to win the game and got it done. So they're coming in with confidence. The Lions still think the postseason is available. And Mikey, Let's start with you. Which team should have more confidence? Uh, I'll say the Detroit Lions. They, they've played pretty well. They get to play on their home field, which has always been a big thing for them offensively. Uh, they've got a running back in Jamal Williams that has a knack for finding the end zone. He's just massively efficient in the red zone. Um, look, it, it's potentially a letdown spot for Jacksonville when you put them on the road here. Uh, this game, while I can't argue like realistically that Detroit should be favored against a ton of teams in the NFL. Uh, I do make them minus two here in this game. You can find them at a pick them. You can find it around plus one, one and a half uh, in some spots. So I would have to lean there. Um, although it's not value, it is value in the model, but it's not value that I'm eager to go jump on at this point. I know sometimes the model's great, but watching these, two teams it gives you a little bit of reservation on going all the way there so i love how you put that now rj the only reason i said that the uh jacksonville jags are not still alive because they have the same record there's a lot better teams in the afc with better records than they are but i think that did a lot for trevor lawrence that week and i think i think part of the reason the num number is where it is is because i think the sports books are saying hey the jags are not that bad your thoughts yeah, and I think the market didn't think they were that bad, and they've been waiting for the signature win all season from Trevor Lawrence, and he finally got it. They did have two weeks to prepare for this game, so so you know I, I wasn't. That's why I didn't want to go on Baltimore with that three and a half number. I thought Baltimore was a good value there, but with Jacksonville having two weeks to prepare with Doug Peterson, thought they could be competitive there. This Jacksonville defense though is allowed twenty plus points in six straight now, and the Detroit offense has scored twenty five plus in three straight. So looks like it's going to be another good Detroit over here because the improving Jacksonville offense should also feast on the bad Detroit defense. So even at fifty one and a half. It's one of those games where I don't think you can make the total high enough indoors in Detroit. So I lean to the over there. Interesting, this game was minus one for Lions. It's flipped up to minus one for the Jaguars now with the people backing Jacksonville. If it gets to one and a half, would love to tease um, Detroit up because I don't think Jacksonville's running away from anyone in Detroit with that offense. I think you can keep it close. All right. And for those of you brand new, maybe to teaser betting, remember you want to do half points, take the push out because a push is a loss in an NFL teaser. All right, that's game number one at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Let's go game number two. And, Mikey, I'm coming to you because this is part of a teaser leg for you. The Browns shocked the world last week. Fourth and 10, down a touchdown. They complete a one-handed catch, go to overtime. Then they score a touchdown in overtime and beat the Green Bay Packers 23 – excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 23-17. They're laying seven this week, Mikey, in Houston against the Texans, a total of 47. Which team do you like for your teaser leg? 
Uh, it's definitely going to be the Browns here. We're breaking rules. We don't typically want to tease road teams at seven necessarily. Uh, however, I, I do like this spot. I ultimately think they get the win. They should cover. They may not. There's always a backdoor potential here, but they should have command of this game. They have a pretty big edge in every single department. Who knows how sharp or rusty Deshaun Watson will be in this game. I don't particularly care too much. Uh, I think he's still a heck of an athlete. I think he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he's got legitimate weapons. It's a huge emotional spot for him, really for the team that's going to rally around him, in my opinion. So I like the Browns here in a teaser leg. Bring it to one. Yes, you have to win by more than one. A push would be a loss still. However, I don't think this thing is moving to two, six and a half to get us to the point where we get a money line on that. So I'm going to take them here minus one in the teaser leg to get the road win in Houston. And right now, Cleveland is also four and seven. A lot of four and seven teams, RJ, but the way they play so tough and bruising, you got the two running backs. It just doesn't seem like a good matchup for a Texan squad that's just trying to get to the finish line. We'll try to design what a good matchup for Texans looks like because I don't think any team is, is going to be a good matchup for them. They're just so bad. And but even that being said, I can't back them at all the rest of the season. I tried doing it at home against Washington as three-and-a-half-point dogs. That did not work out. Um, I just need to see Deshaun Watson play first before I back Cleveland. No idea what to expect from him. First game since the 2020 season. He won't have to do much here. Cleveland's offense can run all over Houston's defense, allowing 168.6 rush yards per game, worst in the league. It would seem like this is Houston's Super Bowl versus their former quarterback but that would be contingent on the players being motivated, and they just don't look very motivated these last few games. Uh, they had 36 net yards in their first eight drives last week. I think at best they're scoring in 10 to 17 again like they always do. Browns could probably run away with this game. So, I, you know, I see the teaser was probably a smart play. I think Cleveland probably wins. I just – since I haven't seen anything from Watson in two years, I don't want to play it, so I'm just going to stay away. Maybe look to the under. Yeah, you don't think that storyline is going to dominate all the morning shows on Sunday. It's hard to believe that the week has arrived for Deshaun Watson to put a football helmet back on and play in a game, and we'll see how it goes for the Browns. But if he plays like anything like he did in Houston, the Browns are going to be a much better team moving forward starting next year. All right, game number three, gentlemen, at 3 o'clock. Or excuse me, number three at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And, RJ, I'm coming to you first because last week – Everybody said, oh, the Jets, and all of a sudden, Mike White showing like he's a Hall of Famer, 31 points, beating and winning, and right now, as I look at my notes, wow, look at the Jets at 7-4, and four, very much alive in the playoff race. They're going to the Vikings. The Vikings are laying three, total 45-and-a-half. The Vikings come in 9-2, first place in the NFC North. Are the Jets for real, RJ? I think that they are. That defense has been for real all season. They have good coaches in place. The main thing that was missing was a quarterback that anybody on that team believed in. And, and you know, we saw it with the locker room. Just he completely lost the locker room with his attitude. Had to be benched. And now Mike White comes in. And it's just a breath of fresh air for them. Not that Mike White is the most talented guy in the world, but he can execute an offense um, like the Jets, especially against a bad defense like he did last week, even in the weather uh, against Chicago. Now he's playing Minnesota. Minnesota's 32nd in pass yards per play. Minnesota's defense just gave up 7.4 yards per play to what I think is a mediocre New England offense. Um, they Their kickoff return touchdown helped them secure the win there, but it's not like they played great in that game. Um, Cousins coming off a great game in primetime, rare, rare occasion there, but typically struggles against elite defenses. Minnesota scored seven at Philly, scored three against Dallas, of course, the week before last week, and the Jets' defense sits between both those teams in yards per play squarely in the top five. So I think the Jets are going to win this game. It looks like a sucker bet playing the Jets at plus three coming off that big performance, but I just don't think that the Vikings are as good as their record indicates, and the Jets might be as good as their record with a good quarter with a solid quarterback in place in Mike White. So uh, best bet, Jets plus three. Also, I think it's important to point out, and NFL teams don't normally rest guys, certainly in week 13, but Mikey, when I look at the standings, Minnesota has a five-game lead over the Lions, five, yep. with just a few weeks to go. So do you think that will play into the Vikings a little bit? Not playing it careful because they're still playing for a number one seed, obviously, but I think that will play a factor at some point. Yeah, I mean, it could. Uh, I think that there's such a huge advantage playing for the number one seed, so I don't think that uh, they're going to take the foot off the pedal too much. Um, it, I don't think it really has an impact on this particular game. Uh, as far as this game goes, this one's the toughest one of the week for me to handicap, really. Uh, when I run the simulation here, I make the Vikings minus 3.3 
The question is, how good do we make Mike White? It's incredibly difficult to make that decision. Uh, we've seen a decent sample size in years past. We saw a really nice effort last week. Um, I, again, I make the number a little lean towards the Vikings. However, if I was able to get this Jets team at plus five, plus six, plus seven in-game potentially, uh, I do like it. I think this game has all the makings of a competitive game that is truly a one-possession game at the end of it. I think the Jets are very live to win it. Um, however, I, I can't quite get there yet because the game is at home. Minnesota does have a pretty decent home field advantage. Bradley in the chat is asking you, Mikey, Jets as a teaser with the Lions or the Browns? Uh, I don't mind it. We, we typically look for a stronger indication. Um, and what I mean by stronger indication, what you would really want to do with the Jets is you'd want to tease them at two and a half because at two and a half, that is the rest of the market is saying this team is really good and good enough in this particular spot that they're not through that key number of three. Once you see that strong indicator and you're still getting it up to eight and a half, that is typically when you would want to tease the team. I know it seems a little counterintuitive to not try and get it at nine versus eight and a half. However, the way the scoring works, you typically want to see that real strong market indication, which would be saying, hey, the Vikings are not strong enough to be a minus three favorite. At that point, that's when I want to jump in and get to a two score with a teaser. Educate and entertain, ladies and gentlemen. Educate and entertain one time from M Squared. I do want to point out, last year, Mike White did this exact same thing, RJ, didn't he? Where he came out through for 400 and some odd yards, and then teams were able to adjust and basically shut him down for the next two or three weeks. Do you think that could happen here? Not in this matchup, but, you know, it might happen in the future when he's playing a good defense. But this, like I said, 32nd yards for play for Minnesota just got blown out by Mac Jones, who hadn't been playing that well. Um, so I don't think it happens here. Um, in that game where he threw for 400 yards, that was the the big highlight. You know, he throws for 400 yards in his starting debut. He did throw a couple interceptions in that game. I thought he played much better in the Chicago game. Again, very easy matchup, the Chicago defense. But I think that he has a similarly easy matchup here against Minnesota. Not as bad, obviously, with, with how Chicago is. But it's, it's certainly not it, – it's not like facing them, the Jets defense, you know, like Kirk Cousins has to do. No, that's fair. Absolutely fair. All right, let's move on to game number four at one o'clock on Sunday. And gentlemen, there could not be a worse recipe for what the Broncos are going through right now. An absolutely awful performance last week. You've got defensive linemen going after Russell Wilson on the field. You've got a first-year head coach throwing the entire football team except Russell Wilson under the bus and then they've got to go on the road to Baltimore to take on a Ravens team that just got beat on a two-point conversion last week not a good recipe so the Ravens are laying eight total at 38 and a half Mikey let me start with you because you and RJ you're seeing this game the exact same way start me off yeah, we're going to tease the Ravens side of this here. Really friendly number at eight. Bring it down to minus two. You win by a field goal. We get the W here on the teaser leg. I've paired it with the uh, Cleveland Browns on the road at Texans. Uh, look, it's a truly must-win spot for Baltimore here. There's a disappointing loss for them. They probably should have still won that game. They dropped a few touchdown passes in the red zone. They, they really struggled in the red zone. Not all of it was Lamar's fault in this individual week. Uh, but look, I, I think that they bounced back in a big way here on their home field. We don't always care too much about massive travel spots when we have West Coast teams. Denver, not exactly a West Coast team in mountain time zone. However, it is still an interesting travel spot with an early starting time once again here for them. Uh, simply put, the Broncos are a mess. Getting this number in a teaser below a field goal is pretty much a gift here and what, again, is a must-win game for the Baltimore Ravens. There is no question about an RJ. It's not like – uh, the Ravens don't have some issues in their locker room. You know, Lamar Jackson is tweeting out stuff he shouldn't have tweeted out. He doesn't have his deal done yet. They're basically throwing the defense under the bus. So they've got some issues. The issue is, though, they are still tied for first place with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yes, this is, as Mikey said, a very important game and almost a must win if they want to stay ahead as the Bengals are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you see the Ravens also in a teaser spot? 
I do. You got to tease them down here to minus two. I mean, you're probably fine playing them at the minus eight. It's just that total of 38 and a half has me worried that that was especially with their offense, with the way it looked before last week in that ugly game against Carolina. Maybe they come out, have an ugly game and only win by seven. So I like teasing it down to minus two. That was a brutal loss for Baltimore. Pass game didn't play well there, but they did run all over Jacksonville and Denver D struggles defending the run. Carolina just had 185 rushing yards against them and Baltimore can stick to the run and play defense here um, because even though that was a step back for the Baltimore's defense in that Jacksonville game, giving up Yet another score at the end of the game. I mean, they, they're so close to being 11-0, and they're just having these meltdowns at the, the end of these games. But you can't have a better bounce-back spot than against this offense. 4.3 yards per play against Carolina. They have not scored more than one touchdown in a game since October. Didn't do it at all in November. Have scored more than one touchdown in a game twice all year. You just don't get any worse than this Denver offense right now. Baltimore can probably cover if they want, but this is a big number. So I like teasing it down to the minus two. I made it first leg of my teaser as well. Think about this little Chick-fil-A nugget I have for you. This blew my mind. The Ravens, in every game they've lost this year, four of them have held a lead of at least nine points or more. To your point, RJ, could be undefeated. Probably should be undefeated. They've blown nine-plus point leads in all four losses this year. Crazy. All right. We're halfway through the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. This next one, it's interesting for several different reasons. You got the Chicago Bears who showed what they were without Justin Fields. Ten points, brutal. They get blown out by the Jets. On the other side, Packers lose. Basically, their season's over, but Aaron Rodgers goes out with a rib injury. In comes Jordan Love. How good did he look coming in? Now, you see the memes. You see the gifts. RJ, let me come back to you. Is this now Jordan Love's team moving forward regardless of the situation with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, there's no chance of that. I mean, he's the, the back-to-back <laughs> defending MVP. It's his, it's his team as long as he wants it to be his team, and I can't imagine that's any longer than, than the end of this year. It seems yeah. like he's basically wanting to be out of here. Um, the interesting thing about this game, though, both these teams have a record 768 regular season wins. And Chicago has has been the lead in the regular season win mark, according to our research team, all the way since 1921 with the great Buffalo All-Americans were the, were the leader then. And now Chicago has been like the all-time franchise leader and win since then. Green Bay could take the first ever lead here. You know, Aaron Rodgers wants to be on the field for that. Uh, they've lost seven of eight, though. Defense has surrendered 400 plus yards in three straight. Can't stop the run. Couldn't stop uh, Jalen Hurts on Sunday. Imagine if Fields gets cleared and plays in this game. I mean, he could have a field day against this defense. Um, so if he's trending in, I mean, smash the over. It's already gone up a point because Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. Um, even a banged up Aaron Rodgers should light up the awful Chicago defense. If Fields is trending out, I think the Packers are probably the play, but it's already getting too expensive for them considering how they played this season for me to back them. So I'm hoping Fields trends in and I'll hit the over at no matter what the number is. Man, I tell you what, it's almost like, Mikey, you want to just sprinkle a little bit, hoping that that happens because at 42 and a half, you give me Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields, that might go over in the first half, just like we saw with the Eagles on, I guess it was Sunday night. How much of an issue do you think not knowing which quarterbacks are going to be playing this week is going to adjust the spread or the total? Uh, I mean, I think it'll have an impact on the total for sure. If both quarterbacks are in, I would expect the total to move two and a half points minimum uh, at this point. So checking weather quickly, it doesn't look like we have a ton of issues. Uh, Chilly, you know, 30s, but a little bit of wind, 15 to 20 miles per hour, very standard uh, for a game like this. No real like rain, no snow, uh, at least at this point in the week. So, yeah, everything looks good there. If I were to sprinkle anything early, uh, it would likely be the lot or be this pregame over. Um, if both quarterbacks are in, this number should be 45 and a half, 46. However, if Fields is out, the, the number is pretty brutal on the Chicago side. So it's really up to you. If you have a great read on whether or not you think Fields is going to play, I think it's fine to uh, to speculate there a little bit if you want to. Um, if he doesn't play, I think the number, you know, there's a little tiny bit of value on the Green Bay side, but Aaron Rodgers in the condition that he's in right now, uh, the, there's still a chance that he doesn't even finish the game. Yeah, no question about it. it we're either what I guess I'll just ask this. How impressed were you with the love from both of you, Mikey Starr and then RJ? Uh, yeah, very impressed. Uh, I actually lost a live bet on that. Uh, I actually played the other side minus 11 and a half, uh, right as on, on that drive where they scored to go up by more than 11 and a half, uh, because I knew that love was coming in the game. And typically, that, that's a spot that I'd like to take advantage of. And he made me look a little silly in that point. He almost completed the backdoor cover. He had Randall Cobb open. Randall Cobb dropped the touchdown pass. 
uh, or they, you know, they would have covered, they, they would have covered the six and a half. Yeah. No question about it. RJ, your thoughts on love. Yeah, he looked good. It was, it was a very limited performance. It was coming into a game against a defense that was kind of tired. Um, we saw that long play that, that they gave up, I believe Watson um, for that touchdown, mm-hmm. that that was the, the key thing there to, to boosting his stats. So I don't know you can take away a ton from it. The, the good thing is that, it seems like there's noise in the locker rooms. I think Rogers mentioned that he's been playing a lot better. He's looked a lot better in practice. That's what I'm more concerned about is how he looks in preparation rather than how he looks in, on a few passes, you know, as a sub. So um, would very be very interested to see the Packers get eliminated relatively quickly, get him a nice run of, of two, three, maybe even four games as a starter to see what they have here, because um, I don't think we could take much away from, from what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's very, very fair. Also, I don't think they would have any issues finding a team that's willing to pay the price tag that it would take to get Aaron Rodgers. I just don't, but I could be wrong, but I know, I think somebody snoop scoop him up just like Tampa Bay did with uh, the Tom Brady wanting him to play. All right. We'll keep our eye on that for sure. All right. Next game. And I got to tell you, the Steelers last night looked very viable. They scored 24 points. Their defense looked good at, at, at times. They're laying one in Atlanta against the Falcons. The Falcons is kind of regressed, but with the Tampa Bay loss, RJ, they are still just, I guess, half a game back, five and seven. The Bucks are five and six. The total sitting on 43. Who do you like here? I like the Falcons. Uh, now that it's plus one, I have it as a best bet for the Falcons plus one. Um, I know Pittsburgh came out and they look good on Monday. Um, this is a second straight road game. And I still think they're not a very good team. Um, they do get a rare matchup here against a, a mediocre defense. Atlanta's offense had six yards per play against Washington without Kyle Pitts. Was really worried about that offense going into that game, especially against a, a good defense like Washington. And they actually played pretty well, nearly won the game at the end, had some bad luck on that interception. Um, Atlanta's defense, unfortunately, doesn't generate pressure. So I'm not ruling out if they do get ahead. Pittsburgh, you know, being able to roll out a comeback win. Um, but I think Atlanta's the play with Pittsburgh on short rest. Atlanta has actually not had a good home field advantage over the last few years but they played well at home this year i believe they're four and two straight up and um you know competing in all these games so i like them at home i think the steelers aren't good enough to be favored in a road situation coming off a monday second straight road game which doesn't make sense to me so i back atlanta here it was kind of a bad beat too i was actually on the over over i brought it down to 38 and a half so that touchdown would have cashed the over for me though so that stunk but from a game perspective mikey when you look at the falcons and at home fast track but the way the Steelers have been getting a little bit better, they scored 30 against the Bengals and last night, 24. How are you handicapping this game? Yeah, this one is incredibly tough. Uh, I tend to agree with RJ here, at least on the computer side. Uh, however, after watching the teams, I really want no part of this game. Um, it it kind of scares me. But the computer does like the Atlanta side a little bit. Uh, you can get them plus one right now. I make them one and a half point favorites. Um, you know, it's a little edge. It's not getting really through a bunch of key numbers or anything like that that really makes me eager to go play it. Uh, however, I do think it's a potential letdown spot. We also need to be concerned with the status of Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you watched the game last night as well, once he exited, that team was not nearly as sharp. Um, they, they had a few big op, you know, big plays with Benny Snell and they were fine, but they also struggled for a few possessions. Uh, I do think he's relatively critical to some of their success. Um, so with another road game on deck here, if I had to play it, I would go with RJ on the Falcon side. Yeah, Najee uh, leaving with an abdominal injury last night. By the way, Big Cheesy says, M Squared, you never look silly. You are the yeah. man. I agree with that. Big Cheesy's having a good day. He's watching us at work. And he's trying not to get in trouble. Big Cheesy, turn that, turn the levels down a little bit. I don't want your boss saying, do I hear coach? Do I hear coach? And then you got to watch this from home without a job. All right, now, next game. And, gentlemen, I watched one of the sports shows today. Not nearly as entertaining as the early edge, but – one of the discussions, one of the topics was, will all four teams in the NFC East make it into the playoffs? Because all four are at least seven and five, all of them, including the commanders, who may be the hottest team in the NFL right now. So they're traveling on the road. We know they're going to be playing each other. So it's probably not going to, it had to be perfect for all four to make it. Probably not even possible. But Washington is favored on the road in New York, laying two and a half total 40 and a half and RJ let me start with you I don't know which team is better right now do you 
It's probably Washington. The line tells you it's definitely Washington, and I, I would I would agree with that. Just how many injuries on the Giants side that they've had to deal with. Washington's offense winning with the run game, 150 plus yards in three straight. Giants defense 30th in rush yards per play. It's a bad matchup on the defensive side for the Giants. Washington's defense may finally get Chase Young back. We've been waiting for it for weeks. It could happen here. Giants offense 31st in sack rate, so you might not even need. Chase Young, he might still just Daniel Jones under pressure all day. So it is strange to see the Giants as a home dog here against against this uh, this type of team, especially with their record. But Washington's defense and run offense is the difference here, and I I can understand where they're favored. I don't really want to lay the two and a half though, um, because of how well coached the Giants are. I just can't see Washington either beating a team by two scores. So I think the Giants are a solid teaser play. I didn't make it part of the teaser. I almost did, but teasing them up and, and expecting this to be another low scoring game, I think is good. Um, and but the value for my power ratings would be on the Giants, I would lean that way if I'm playing the spread. Yeah, if you decide to tease the Giants, I can't see a scenario where, like you said, where they lose by more than eight and a half points. The Commanders, though, Mikey, are on a three-game losing streak. In fact, the Eagles, Dallas, and Washington all are on multiple game winning streaks. And with that confidence and the way that they're winning some games late, interceptions, getting stops, it's not always just 31 to 10. The way they're winning, do you think that will help their confidence going into an atmosphere that we know is not even one of the top atmospheres in the entire NFL? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it helps their confidence. You know, getting Chase Young back, if that indeed happens, that's definitely a huge deal for them, in my opinion. Uh, it takes a little bit of pressure off some of the guys that have been playing well, and it sets up as a pretty nice matchup for them anyway. Um, as far as the number here, I mostly agree with it. I have it at 1.8, basically minus two, uh, not super significant where it's at. Don't really care about the road environment too much in this particular game. We don't care about the travel spot at all. It's not a significant travel ask. Um, I, I lean towards the commander's side. I'm not going to play it here at two and a half. Um, I think it's a low scoring game. I think the number's mostly right. It wouldn't shock me, uh, to see this one at 39 and a half versus 40 and a half or 41. Um, so slight lean on the under, slight lean towards the commanders. Not super interested in playing it at the current number, though. Now, there will certainly be. This will be one of the games that on Sunday on the noon show we will break down. Uh, and I think we'll have more clarity on exactly what's going to happen in the Meadowlands. All right, let's move to the final game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And this has big-time, gentlemen, implications. The Titans coming off Heartbreak Hotel, losing at home to the Bengals. They fall to 7-4, and four, but the good news for them is they still have a three-game lead in the division. They're traveling to Philadelphia. The Eagles looked fantastic. They scored 47 points, but they gave up a lot too. So what do we take out of that game as the Eagles are laying 5.5, total 44.5? And, and Mikey, let's start with you. This is a big-time game for both teams for different reasons. Yeah, big time game for both teams. Uh, you know, look, massive reasons here. Tennessee really needs to get a win here, I think, in my opinion. It helps them with some of the seeding going forward as well. Um, look, I think the number is mostly okay. It's trending towards the Titans, which is where I would make it. I make the number four. I get why it's four and a half. I get why it's five and a half. Um, I think it probably closes four and a half, though. Uh, obvious narratives. We've got the revenge spot for A.J. Brown. Uh, however, I think you can run on this Eagles team just a little bit here, especially with a guy like Derrick Henry. I love Mike Vrabel coach teams when they're in this particular spot. That is when they are, you know, not necessarily counted out, but certainly the clear underdog in a game. Uh, th this is a great spot for them to have one of those tight defensive games where they have a trick play up their sleeve. They keep the game competitive. Uh, and that's what I think we see here. So I think that they end up covering ultimately um, I'll lean towards the Titans when you're getting five, five and a half. For some reason, RJ, we always count the Titans out because of, as Mikey said, the way they play tight games, defensive minded games, handed to Derrick Henry, let him go a hundred plus, but they are getting it done against really good teams. They just took the chiefs overtime a couple of weeks ago. So do you think they are a, li a live dog for this game? They're definitely a live dog. Mike Vrabel, 16 and 6 against the spread as a dog of more than three points. They've only lost one game by five plus all year. So this is a great spot for them. My power ratings say just in terms of, of strength of team that Philly is the value, but I want to back Tennessee in this spot. At five and a half, I was hoping to get six. It looks like it's coming down, so that's not going to happen. I'm probably going to get it in at five. That Philly offense ran all over Green Bay. Green Bay has been horrendous against the, the run recently, but Tennessee's defense is third in rush yards per play. So I think Philly's going to have to throw to win. Shouldn't be an issue. They have great passing game weapons too, and they 
they've been great passing the ball this year, very efficient, but they've only had one game of over 220 pass yards since week two. They haven't had to do it much in the last, you know, nine weeks, 10 weeks, whatever. Um, so we'll see if they still got it there. And I'm really worried about their defense. They gave up 32 and 33 points in their last two home games to Washington and now Green Bay. Defense is just not getting stops, not getting off the field. Couldn't even stop Jordan Love. We're talking about Jordan Love positively. What if he's not very good? And the Philly defense just got thrown all over by, by a guy that's not very good. We don't know that yet. Um, Ryan Tannehill's played well through his ankle injury, starting to connect with Traylon Burks. So I like the Titans. Perfect Titan spot to play them. I'm going to be playing them. Was hoping I could do it at six. It looks like I'm going to have to do it at five. Oh, I, I love that word, perfect. It absolutely feels like a perfect spot for the Titans, who the way they play, it's very, very hard to blow them out. All right, that is the Thursday game. Those are the eight one o'clock games. Now, <clears throat> we've got four at four o'clock. But before we do that, we got to hear from one of our incredible partners. And we are back. You're watching the Week 13 NFL Mega Preview here on the Early Edge with M Squared, the Stoic One, RJ White, and, of course, I am the coach. So now we move into the 4 o'clock games. And, gentlemen, all four have implications. All four I'm excited about. First game, Seahawks debilitating loss last week. Oh, my goodness. The Raiders take them to overtime, and then it goes back and forth, and all of a sudden – Josh Jacobs goes 86 yards to win in Seattle, and now Seattle falls behind the 49ers in the standings in the NFC West. They're traveling to the Rams. The Rams were what they were in Kansas City. They were never in doubt of winning the game, and the Chiefs covered 15 and a half. Total of 41 and a half. The Seahawks are laying a robust eight. RJ, let's start with you. Yeah, Seattle's defense back to being terrible. Score versus Tampa Bay maybe masked that a little, but Tampa Bay moved up and down the field in that game. Their offense is still strong, and the Rams' defense has allowed 26-plus points in three straight. So Seahawks probably going to score points. Rams' offense did nothing against Kansas City predictably. This is a much easier matchup. We'll see who's at quarterback here. If it's Bryce Perkins, I don't, you know, even against Seattle, I don't know that I'm, I'm confident in them scoring points, but I just can't lay seven with Seattle's defense on the road, even against a severely undermanned Rams team. So I'm going to stay away. May look to play, um, you know, under in this in some capacity, but but not going to be playing the Seahawks as huge favorites here. Yeah, Mikey, I agree with RJ. This seems like a complete stay away because on one side, you got an offense that simply can't score with their third quarterback. And on the other side, you don't know what the Seahawks are right now. They don't know what they are right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, this one's a total stay away for me. Uh, look, it's seven and a half. If you want to follow the computer, you should blindly be betting the Rams at seven and a half. Um, not something I want to do at this point in the season. There's not a whole lot of motivation there to win football games. So I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, I think the most concerning thing is the total. Um, you would expect the total in this spot to at least be 43 and a half, not 41 and a half. Um, so initial lean is still over there at that particular point. However, uh, nothing is comfortable in this spot. So like the computer makes the game 43. The spread should only be six, but it's not something I recommend attacking. Um, at least until we have some more clarity on who's playing quarterback for the Rams in this game. It's a potential letdown cruise spot for Seattle where they, you know, end up in more of a dogfight than they thought they were going to be in for. Find a way to win the football game. Not going to be surprising at all if they win by four or six points in this game and don't cover. Um, but as of right now, there are many other games to attack. This is not one on my radar. It feels like the perfect time to say you don't have to bet on every game in the NFL. Most yes. people feel like you have to. Most people blindly love to bet every game on the board. I have learned from my crew, my guys, staying away feels just as good if you don't know what you want to play. Now, this next game I've been waiting for the entire show, and I think it's going to be the game of the week. It potentially could be a Super Bowl preview, and I love it when my boys disagree. So, 49ers currently at four. It's been hovering around three and a half or four. This came also at four or five Eastern time on Sunday. Total 46 and a half. Man, I can't wait for this game. Mikey, which side are you on? 
Uh, I'm on the 49ers side here. Uh, personally, I think this number is pretty generous, pretty soft. You know, you mentioned a potential Super Bowl preview. I think you're right on the team from the NFC. I don't think you're right on the team from the AFC. I think it's a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl at this point in the season, personally. Uh, but look, I, I think there's a good value here on the 49ers. Jimmy G is constantly disrespected because he's asked to manage football games and not necessarily go be a star quarterback. They are an incredibly well-coached team. What they have here is they have a nice spot playing on their home field. I make the number six. I can make the argument to six and a half. Uh, look, I think this is a great spot for them. Very friendly number. This Dolphins team, while we have revenge narratives, we have all the narratives you could possibly want here. Tyreek Hill has still been banged up a little bit at times. This is a physical kind of game. Don't rule out any sort of injury concerns there on the other side. This 49ers defense is very, very legit. They've got the offensive weapons. They're not at a mismatch in terms of the coaching staff here. I think it's a pretty friendly number. I get why it is where it is. The Dolphins have been flashy. However, I don't think that they've been particularly great at times, especially when they're going to come into a team like this. Uh, so I'm on the 49ers side. Three and a half is great. I'm still fine at four. I, I don't want to go rush into it at four and a half, despite the number being six to six and a half in the sim. Uh, so if you like it, I, I would play it now because I I think that the 49ers side is the one that's going to get bet heading through the weekend. All right. Fair, fair, fair. Now, I made a mistake because I'm looking down at two names and I've got two guys on the board. But as always, the maestro wants to be a part of the show, even when he's traveling. And he is on the Dolphins plus three and a half. So you got maestro over here, Mikey over here. RJ, where do you land? I land probably on the San Francisco side. I was leaning them at three and a half. I wanted to back them at three. I thought it would come down a little bit. I, I kind of agree with the number in a power rating sense. I might actually make it a little lower because I don't think San Francisco has a great home field advantage. This is an elite offense versus an elite defense. One of the best offenses in the league. It's probably the best defense in the league. But the Taron Armstead injury is huge for Miami's offense against the San Francisco pass rush. Two is great at getting the ball out quickly and getting those, getting those guys in space. But it really shortens the field down if you don't have any time to throw, even if you're getting the ball out quickly. Miami's defense had three turnovers versus Houston, but that's atypical for them. San Francisco's just one turnover in the last four games combined uh, offensively. So uh, I, I don't think the Miami defense is going to be able to generate turnovers here. I think the San Francisco offense should have the clear edge on the Miami defense. We'll see what happens at running back. Elijah Mitchell out for what, like six to eight weeks, I think. And uh, Christian McCaffrey dealing with knee irritation. So if that knee ir irritation pops him up as questionable on the injury report, I think we're going to have some, some, uh, the line definitely come down. Might even be able to get three here if you like the 49. I was hoping to back them at three. I, I might look to do that if it looks like McCaffrey's going to play and we still have a three available at that point. Real quick, because last week the 49ers shut out the Saints 13 to nothing. We know the Dolphins love to score, score, score. They scored 30 at halftime, couldn't score one more point to cash their team total, which was 30. Mikey, would you attack the total in this game? Uh, I would, but the maybe not the way that you're wanting to here. I like the under in this game. It was very close to being one of my best bets. Uh, so the simulation number on it is 43 and a half. Um, it is out of a respect for what Miami can do in potential garbage time that is keeping me off of this at this point. Uh, I feel much better about the 49ers side in, in the game. Uh, if we need to, we can potentially live bet the over in game. Um, but I, I think this is one where if the Dolphins don't score on their first drive, if the 49ers defense holds the way we think it is, this 46 and a half, we're going to start to see 41 and a half, 42, very, very early in the first quarter of this game. I got to tell you, everybody who is watching right now, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching on demand, I personally have won a lot of tickets learning the live betting over process from Mikey. I encourage you to really listen when he's giving that advice because you can sometimes win two, three. The other day I won four times on the same game when you watch the flow and understand how the game is moving. It's so important, but you got to be watching the game. Mikey, thank you very much for that. All right, now that game's going to be competing with this next game for game of the week. Did you guys know that since 2017, when Patrick Mahomes came out of college, 17 quarterbacks he has faced, only one has a winning record against Patrick Mahomes. His name, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, 2-0. and And as we know, knocked the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl chase a year ago. This game's going to be in Cincinnati. The Chiefs are favored by 2.5, total 52.5, and currently the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC. RJ, 
you have a teaser leg in this game. Who is it? I'm teasing Cincinnati up to plus eight and a half. This game was three. Um, and then, you know, action has come in on the Bengals. You can understand that they're at home. It's going to be a massive, you know, crowd game here for them. Um, and the Chiefs are probably going to trend downward this week. So I get wanting to play Bengals. I wanted to tease it up through the key numbers, get them at plus eight and a half because Kansas City's the number one team. And I, and I just don't want to have to lay less than two, less than three against them. Um, or, you know, catch less than three against them. Since he's playing incredibly well, though, they are the mid, a mid-ranked team in yards per play on both offense and defense. So maybe a little fortunate to to, to be as, as good as they are in, on the scoreboard. Um, schedule is turning brutal for them after running games versus teams. Currently at four wins or less, a lot of their schedule is built on these four and seven, three and eight teams. Um, so now we'll see what happens when, when they're playing the best in the league, uh, like the Chiefs. Hopefully Chase is ruled in here and on the spread, we can play Kansas City close to pick them because I think I like the Kansas City side if you're going to give it to me that low um, because they are the best team in the league. But as of now, like teasing since he had this number, expecting a close game, then maybe play Kansas City if the line comes down a little bit. You know, Mikey, other AFC potential really good teams, fans like the Bills, like the Dolphins, like the trying to think of other good teams, they're going to hate what I'm getting ready to read right now. Because this is by far the hardest game that the Chiefs have left on their schedule. After this week, they play Denver at Denver at Houston. If you're going to have three away games in a row, this is what you want. They go to Denver, to Houston, come home to Seattle, stay home for Denver, and then the final week of the season, Saturday, January 7th, they go to Vegas to play the Raiders. I don't see another loss on their schedule if it doesn't happen this week. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, no, this game is absolutely massive. Uh, I get the reaction to want to go jump on Kansas City minus two and a half. Uh, it's a lot like a game we were already talking about. When you see two and a half, not three, the market is strongly suggesting that Cincinnati does not deserve to be a, a three-point dog here, basically saying these teams are, you know, a one-possession game either way. And we've seen that many times between these two teams. I actually only make the Chiefs minus two in this game. Uh, the Bengals have really risen uh, up the power ratings for me quite a bit recently. Um, it, it's such a tough one. I'm glad you mentioned Kansas City's schedule because I want to mention Cincinnati's schedule. They had a must-win game last week against the Titans if they wanted to make the playoffs. This one would be really nice to have as well. Uh, if they don't win it, it it's going to be tough because they got – at home against the Chiefs, home against the Browns, who now have Deshaun Watson, on the road at Tampa Bay, on the road at the Patriots, at home against the Bills, at home against the Ravens. Just absolutely brutal schedule. It's the mere opposite of what Kansas City had to open the season, essentially. They got through it really well. Uh, Jamar Chase is absolutely critical in this game. Having him back changes things. Kansas City not set up well to defend that. Um, like RJ, I think this game could be a pick em. I'll be looking to live bet this one heavily because I think this game is one where we're going to have plus 150 to plus 200 live on both sides. I fully, fully, fully expect a back and forth one possession game. Potentially, whoever has the ball last wins this game. And I hope it goes longer than three hours. It starts at 425 Eastern because I would love to sweat the end of that game on early edge live at 730 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. That'd be fun. That'd be fantastic. All right. We've reached the final 425 game on the slate. And the Chargers, just like the Jags, we were talking about on the show there. And I don't know if I can ever remember, and I'm sure they keep stats of this, if there's been two teams that have gone for two to win the game inside of a minute in NFL history on the same day. Jags did it, and the Chargers did it. They are laying two. In Vegas, play the Raiders, who won an overtime in Seattle. Total 50 and a half. RJ, are the Chargers two points better than the Raiders right now? On a neutral, maybe. In in Vegas, I'm not sure. Um, Chargers got it out that win at the end. It's, they're now on their fourth road game in the last five weeks. Tough travel for anyone. Um, a couple of teams have had to do that this year, and, and so we'll see if they can handle that there. The Chargers offense is not explosive. They out there go for those short to medium, you know, plays rather than deep, which is weird because they have Justin Herbert quarterback. But, you know, that's a problem for another day with that offensive coordinator. But the Vegas defense is bad on third down, so they should be able to sustain drives. I don't think it makes that big a difference. I think they score points here. Vegas offense, fifth in yards per play, fourth in rush yards per play. As long as Josh Jacobs can play, and it sounds like he thinks he's fine with that calf injury, as long as he's playing, he's going to run all over this awful 
Apple Chargers rush defense that just can't stop anyone running the ball. Um, Vegas has lost by more than seven just once all year. Flu game against New Orleans. They were shut out. Everybody was sick in that game. Um, Vegas only lost by five at the Chargers in week one while losing the turnover margin three nothing. Feels like Vegas can win this game. Uh, I would lean to Vegas at the plus two. I think it's a great teaser leg if you want to tease it too. I did have it in my teaser at one point, um, but I, I want to make sure that Josh Jacobs is okay before I tease him. Mikey at six and five, there are nine teams in the AFC that are at that record or above. So last week, huge for the Chargers, but now they've got to do it again. Can the Chargers start to open things up with Keenan Allen? Look very frustrated. Mike Williams, you know, all these guys, but nobody's been healthy at the same time. And all that's up in the air as well. Your thoughts on the Chargers right now? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're a great football team. Uh, I think the Raiders are a better team. I think the wrong team is favored uh, in this particular matchup. It's very close to being a best bet. Probably will be by the end of the weekend. Um, I, I just want a little more clarity on Jacob's status first before I pull the trigger on it. However, I, I do like this Raiders team. Uh, you look at how many one-score losses they had, one-point loss to Kansas City. Uh, they, they're a much, much better team than their record indicates. Now they get to play at home. The Chargers, I don't trust them at all in this kind of a spot. I, I think that Herbert's going to struggle a little bit with the defense here. So I, I like the Raiders side of it. Uh, slight lean on the over here as well. I think we do see plenty of points in this one. Um, but I like the value with the home team here getting points. Yeah, I do too. The Raiders have shown at times this year they're really, really good. They've also shown they can get big leads and then give those leads up which could play into the overplay there for Mikey. All right, we're down to the final two games of the week. And thank you so much for hanging with us this week on the Week 13 NFL Mega Preview here at Sportsline and the Early Edge. The Fighting Jeff Saturdays. The bloom kind of feels like it's coming off the rose just a little bit. Last night, some very questionable uh, clock management by Jeff Saturday. Uh, and they just don't have an offense that can throw the ball down the field. So now the Colts are traveling to Dallas. The Cowboys very much alive to be a Super Bowl favorite. They're playing great football. They're laying a robust 11 points. The total is 43 and a half. RJ, let's start with you because the number, we just hate that 11 or 12 number. It, it's just awful. But Dallas, the way the Colts played offense last night, is that too low? Might be a little low. I think the only way you look in this game is Cowboys on the spread. You just can't back this Colts team. Um, they uh, we see what Matt Ryan happens when he has no time, and with that offensive line being as bad as it is, and Dallas's defense should dominate that offensive line. Dallas's offense is totaled 420 plus yards in four straight. Even though Indy has a tough defense, I think this Dallas offense could solve in the way they're playing right now. Huge rest advantage with Dallas playing on Thursday, Indy playing on Monday, and yeah, Jeff Saturday didn't magically fix the Colts uh, after that early game against the Raiders. It just turned out the Raiders were pretty bad at that point. Um, Dallas has five double-digit wins, so I'm less worried about laying the big number with them than I would be about with some other teams. Um, so I think you're fine laying the 11. I'm only a lean on it because it's such a big number. Definitely, I'm not looking to play the Colts. Yeah, Mikey, at 8-3, and three, Dallas would be kind of that three-seed right now. You got Philadelphia 10-1, unfortunately, for them in their own division. Then you got the Vikings at 9-2. and two. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that with a fast finish, they could leapfrog one or even two teams. How good is Dallas in your mind right now? Uh, they're quite good. Um, you know, I don't want to offend anyone who might be a Phillies fan or Phillies, an Eagles fan. Philly, they've been great all season. I actually don't have Philly in my top four. Uh, I have them as the wow. fifth best team in the NFL right now. We have Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas, then Philly, then I'll Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, so. Having said that, I'm not touching this number. Uh, it's Cowboys or nothing at, at this spot. I think the number's dead on where it should be. Um, you always question the motivation to continue on there. The only way that I could say pregame that I would look is probably a team total under on the Colts, maybe even a first-half team total under on the Colts. Uh, I do expect Matt Ryan to struggle quite a bit in this particular game. Would expect Dallas to dominate time of possession if they're not hitting big plays, which they probably still will. Um, it's Cowboys or nothing in this spot. Yeah, last night, uh, Matt Ryan in that offense, three points in the first half, two quick touchdowns in the second half, and then couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter as the Steelers' defense really locked them down. All right, that's Sunday night football, which means we got one more game to get through, and that's Monday night football. Now the Saints, 
They got shut out last week in San Francisco, 13-0. The Bucks, oh, 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 they're still in first place, yes, but they're not playing good football. How do you go to the Browns? You're up by seven late in the game, fourth and ten. You can't stop them on that. Then in overtime, you get the ball not once but multiple times, and you can do nothing. And they give up that late touchdown by the Browns late in the overtime, or it would have been a tie if the Browns could not have scored or kicked the field goal. So now the Bucs are laying three and a half. The total is 40. Mikey, let me start with you. Is this Bucks or nothing? Yes, Bucks or nothing here. Uh, look, holding the 49ers to that few points was a good result to put on paper, uh, you know, for the Saints in that particular spot. However, Great spot to back Tampa Bay back at home after the disappointing loss in overtime to the Browns. This number should be five and a half per the simulations. I could make the argument up to six. Uh, you know, it's a primetime spot. Tom Brady really kind of a game that they must win at this point. So, yeah, I, I like it there. I think it's the only way to potentially look in this game. Uh, I think that some of the things the Saints do well are the things that Tampa defends pretty well. So, I, I, you know, as long as we have an average or better day, offensively from Tom Brady and company, I think this is a pretty clear Bucks win. Yeah, and you, you throw prime time and you throw in, RJ, that, excuse me, that Tom Brady is not a happy camper. He'll figure out a way to step things up. And this might be the only division in football that has a team that's below 500 make it into the playoffs. But with Tom Brady, the Bucks always have a chance. What do you make of the numbers, though, the total or the spread? Yeah, spreads come crashing down with New Orleans history against Tampa, playing them tough the last few years. Um, and then with the Tristan Wirfs injury, huge injury for them. That Tampa Bay offensive line is already a problem, and losing a player of the caliber of Wirfs is not going to help out um, any. New Orleans defense has given up plenty of points, but they are pretty solid. Underneath the hood, um, Tampa Bay won by 10 in New Orleans in Week 2, but the offense didn't play that well in that game, so I don't know that it's a great matchup for their offense. However, they had no Chris Godwin in that game. Rashad White was a smaller part of the offense, so maybe they've come out and performed better there. Um, that New Orleans shot out i mean they shouldn't have been shut out you know realistically they were driving they were in scoring range the last three drives i believe they were inside the 10 the last two drives so just in a normal game flow you know they're they're putting points on the board and covering that number um tampa was playing well before the bye maybe a victim this week of cleveland rallying around Brissett. so i'll say the look hit an opening line weren't as far off as the movement suggests so i would lean with you guys tampa bay minus three and a half don't really love it though with the history between these two teams very, very, very interesting. Moving forward, Mikey, do you think the Falcons can catch the Bucks in the NFC South? Uh, it's, it's entirely possible. They, they've got a pretty tough game, uh, you know, against the Steelers here. It's a must-win game for them. They're on their home field. Uh, if they take care of business there, uh, yeah, anything can happen at that point. But they got. They, it's not going to happen if they don't win this game against the Steelers. Yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, by the way, I mentioned the Maestro sent in three plays. I do want to, to uh, clarify what those were. He's on the Ravens minus the eight when the other two uh, have them in a teaser leg. He's also on the Saints in this game, plus the three and a half. And he's on the Dolphins in that big 49ers game, plus the three and a half as well. All right, we've reached that time of the show. It's time for our NFL Week 13 Mega Preview Recap, brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. And it is now time. Mikey, start us off. Your best bets, please. All right. Best bets here for this week. We're going 49ers. Minus three and a half. Would still play it at minus four. I make them minus six on the sim number here. I think they're the better team in every way. It's elite offense versus elite defense. I think the elite defense with a strong coaching staff comes out on top. And then I'm going teaser. We're going Ravens. Going to bring that eight down to minus two. We're going to pair it with the Browns. Minus one. Emotional game for Deshaun Watson making his return. Back in Houston, love the Browns to get the win here for my teaser leg. All right, and the Maestro, quickly, he's on the Ravens minus the eight. He's on the Dolphins plus three and a half. He's on the Saints plus three and a half. All right, RJ, bring us home. I have the Jets plus three. Seems like a little bit of a sucker line, but I just think this Jets passing offense with Mike White and how the team has rallied around him can take advantage of this Vikings pass defense that isn't very good. And then that Jets defense is going to be a tough matchup for, for Kirk Cousins there. I have the Falcons plus one. I think reading too much into that Pittsburgh win, I still don't think they're a great team. I don't think they should be favored on the road in this spot, even against a Falcons team that is struggling a little bit. I also have a teaser, Ravens minus two and the Bengals plus eight and a half. Expect the Bengals to play a close game there against the Chiefs and then not to go over you know one score either way in the winning margin and that is our week 13 mega preview brought to you by caesar sportsbook and casino all right it's that time of the show you know you know we end all of our specialty shows asking our cappers what's the number one most important thing 
they're looking for this particular week. Use it to your advantage or put it in the back of your mind and use it moving forward. There's a lot of nuggets that we have used throughout the year to cash tickets into the future. RJ, start us off. Yeah, going to see how uh, Miami matches up against the San Francisco team. You know, it's a big revenge, I guess, kind of a revenge spot. It's a big uh, attitude spot there for Mike McDaniel against his former team to show that that he made the right decision there and that he he actually has the better team there. I would disagree with that. The, the Dolphins aren't a, a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, but they can score with anyone. So I could definitely see them going to the playoffs and then just putting up, you know, 30 point games on route to to the Super Bowl. So really interested to see how they match up with this very one of the best defenses in the NFL, maybe the best defense in the NFL. And if they can keep scoring points there, that's an indication that they could make a run to the Super Bowl in January. It's going to be very, very telling. And there's a good chance that Sportsline and the Early Edge will be at the Super Bowl in Phoenix. Will the Dolphins be there? Mikey, talk to me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that Dolphins 49ers game. I think it's a great barometer for both teams to really see where they're at. And then, of course, Cincinnati, Kansas City, pretty big implications in the AFC and the playoffs in general. Also think it's one of the better live betting opportunities that we have this week. I am looking forward to the NFC East teams. They've been dominating the storylines. Everybody's talking about can all four make the playoffs. I want to see who's real and who's not real. Commanders, Giants this week. We will find out very, very quickly if Washington will continue behind Taylor Heineke to be a good team and win games any way possible. As Mikey says, it's the best hour of the week. If you're watching it live or watching it on demand, we just like that you watch it. You're part of what we're doing because it's all about the education. Knowledge is power in sports betting, and we believe that here at the Early Edge. So with that being said, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these week 13 tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Love them all. The stoic one, RJ White, M squared. Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. It doesn't matter the sport, the time, whether it's a preview or a daily show. We grind. We grind for you. And we love doing it at the early edge. Good luck.